When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Part of the Murderer's Row of Ball Talk. Here's two-time Twins World Series champion manager Tom Kelly on the ride with Royce. Tom Kelly is uh, with us. How you doing, sir? Just got off the phone with John Lowe. Oh no! Well, I know why you uh, you probably had to hang up, didn't you? I was you? trying to click him off. I was trying to get him <laughs> off. And, you know, he keeps going a little bit. Well, he's not even working anymore, no. so he can just uh, he can just shoot the breeze with you. He's uh, he's one of the all time great characters in the sports writing field. That's for sure. That's for yeah, yeah. And invented the save. I don't know if he did baseball a favor. No, no, he, he did identify no. the, the quality start. The quality quality start, start is his, yeah. his moniker. Jerome Holtzman was the save. Yes, uh, I don't know if he did the world a favor with the quality start or not. But it uh, remember at the time when it first came out, people were saying, "Well, that isn't so good." Now everybody will take it. Now everybody takes it. Yeah. Six innings. Three. He was a, a visionary. Yes, yes, he was. What a beauty. Uh, hey, hey uh, Tom, uh, the velocity that we're seeing now in baseball, I was talking to Buster about this last week. Uh, does it, what, what is the way for hitters to try to attack this? I mean, well, all these guys throwing 96. You had, to, you had to try to shorten your swing and keep your composure about you. And not try to overswing because he's throwing, throwing the ball hard. That doesn't mean you swing harder. You, you have to try to keep it short. And I always felt if you kept your composure about you, you could probably handle it at least to foul the thing off. But uh, the uh, but you see so many. You, you, if you watch the college World Series, I've been yes. watching it for yeah. some reason. I don't know why, but I am. <laughs> and the, there's a lot of really long swings, and, and, and guys. There's a couple guys that throw 94, 95, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's you know it's off speed, off speed, off speed. They just keep throwing it, and and uh, then here comes a fastball that's about 89, 90. And they don't get to it. Uh, it it's really um, mind-boggling. Uh, I watched the game last night with uh, Florida and uh, Auburn, uh, yeah. Auburn, and Auburn just uh, the guy threw uh, what ninety percent breaking ball. Yes, and and they keep swinging to pull. Now the shortstop did finally hit one to right field, and he ended up tying the game because he stole second and he got home on a. Uh, whatever the hell he got home, but mm-hmm. but he he 
you know, at least hit one to right, and the other guy's just flailing away. I was going, my goodness gracious, what are you doing? But, uh, you know, they all seem to have the long swing and just hoping to pop it over the fence, I guess. I, I don't know what they're teaching some of these kids, but, you know, I always felt the home runs were a result of just taking a good quality swing and uh, at a decent pitch, and if you hit it good, it had a chance. But uh, now it looks like they're teaching them just to go ahead and whale, whale away. And now, shouldn't be with big, not all big leaguers anyway, but I would imagine some, the, the brain keeps telling you, man, he's throwing harder, i got to sw- hurry up my yeah. swing well, instead of make it quicker. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I use the word patient. Yes. And try to keep your composure about you, and and uh, and usually what happens is they swing harder, and they think they're swinging quicker, but actually it's slower. So it's a it's really defeating the purpose, and that's why a lot of them guys have, you know, they get by for x amount of innings because the hitters are just not smart enough or capable enough to handle the situation. How much of uh, slumps are uh, are caused by a, all of a sudden you lose your ability to recognize pitches? Correct. Yeah, we we're having that problem here. We're having that problem. Yeah, it was funny. I played golf yesterday with uh, with uh, Sean Harlan, who's uh, uh, was in charge of. Uh, well, he's done a lot of things for the Twins over the years, but uh, he's now uh, the video coordinator for all the minor leagues and and uh has quite a staff working for him and and i guess there's an awful lot too and he was explaining it to me and my head was just spinning (laughs) things they have and and uh the new uh, programs are they're vetting to see what's uh you know what they can use or what they feel is good and so there's so many things out there that you can, you know, you can plug in and you decide if you think it's good or not. But uh, so it's, he says it's a constant uh, battle to figure out just what's right and what's wrong, and, and do we need this or we don't need this, you know. So it's uh, he says it's a lot of work and it's fun, it's entertaining, and and uh, uh, it it's works part of the development of the game. Uh, to what we see now, and I, I asked him if, if there was uh, any kind of uh, program for the guy that jumps out at the ball every yeah. time and his hands go forward, and and with two strikes, you might as well forget it. So he said, no, there's no program for that one. So, yeah. um, but, you know, it, it's... Uh, they have so many things that I never even dreamt that they have, and, and it's how much the game has changed since... Uh, I've been out of the office, and, and uh, so it's uh, it's entertaining to listen to it, but some of it I, I have a hard time with. Now, uh, I don't think I answered your question. No, well, I think you uh, you you got there. I was going to say though, how many how many thoughts can you fill a hitter's head well, with? Is what I'm, I'm always, wondering. Yeah, that's always the problem. Now, so many years ago, we you know we always had the theory: if you have a full mind, you probably have an empty bat. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we were so much in trying to keep the game somewhat simple and not put in numerous bunt plays or pickoffs and things. We try to keep it simple and and uh, we had a few things, but uh, but we didn't go to extremes with things, and we didn't feel like uh, you know we did the preparation before the game. We did our work before the game, and guys worked and worked and 
try to improve themselves and recognize uh, the breaking balls and this and that and and stay within themselves and recognize the pitches the best they can and then and go from there and and but once the the game started we didn't want to think about filling their minds with well a two and one he's going to throw a slider and two and two he likes eighty uh, percent of the time he throws a curve and you know we didn't well we didn't have that information per se but you know I just can't imagine filling the players heads with uh, so much that they, they get overloaded and and uh, your result is the empty bat and so uh, we try to stay away from the empty bats syndrome so we we did what we thought we had to do to prepare the players, and we sent them out there and let their ability take it from there. The Herbie Gaetti battle cry. See the ball, hit the ball. Yeah. Sometimes after they had a couple of beers in the bar, too. That's yeah, that, see the that, ball, that, hit yeah. the ball. Yeah, and they might have had a heater, too. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, they, uh, you know, I think those days are gone, mm-hmm. uh, Patrick, and, and uh, I don't like saying that, but uh, it's a new wave of thinking and a new way uh, a way to approach the game and with the launch angles and all this and the spin rate and I still don't get that uh, I don't understand it but if you hang one you hang one I don't care how much it's spinning it's hanging you know but uh, you know so I, I, I you know that kind of stuff is out of my scope and I, I've tried not to think about it too much because I just want to sit and enjoy the game watch the game <laughs> and not uh, be inundated with uh, miles per hour and going over the fence and the launch was 80 some degree whatever the hell it was you know, I, I, uh, and yeah. a guy makes a bad pitch it's got a chance to get hit and I don't think that's changed over yeah. the years you know. what do you think of our pal Eddie Escobar hitting those doubles man the he's double, something he's isn't it a, he's a magician <laughs> he's a magician with the bat he plays good in the field. He he runs the bases. He's exciting. He has fun. And when you're doing well, it's easier to have fun sure. when you're not. But uh, he certainly exemplifies a player that uh, is uh, somewhat, I guess you we would could possibly say he's at the peak of his career. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's leading the, the world in doubles. And, and uh, uh, he's he's just been terrific. You know, you can't say enough good things about him. And wherever uh mr molitor puts him he, he seems to respond with a, a decent game so it's uh, uh he's got it all going for himself right now and good for him he's a good guy yep you can see that bubble over his head too leaving the batter's box every ball he hits he thinks eh, something might happen i might get a double here yeah, so. he's he's really on a roll it's fun to watch that's for sure so, lefty righty doesn't matter yep uh snow uh is uh Again, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his pitch recognition when he came up in 2015 was uh, pretty admirable at first, and but all those check swings are an indication yeah. that uh, boy he's indecisive right now. Yeah, you you know we talked about this uh, yeah. a few times with the check swings. It's you're certainly not seeing the ball, and you talked about the slumps, and usually what happens with the slump is is uh, you're not recognizing the pitches out of uh, the pitcher's hand and, and uh, uh, or the situation. And, and you're, you know, there's times when, you know, the guy throws a lot of sliders. Well, gosh, you sort of have to look out there a little bit and say to yourself, I'm going to have to wait back here and see it and, and shoot it the other way. And 
but uh, he doesn't seem to want to do it. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, you watch Pujols play, and, and Pujols has been a little bit more bullish. Uh, but the big guy from Detroit, Cabrera, yes. he, he certainly exemplifies somebody that can hit the ball around the ballpark and be strong and still hit it over the fence, whether it's left field, right, and center. He hits it a long way. So, you know, it's right in front of him, and he's just not recognizing the fact that he certainly can do these things. And uh, But... He's getting fooled so much. He's just jumping out, and uh, I thought James Rousen the other day put it pretty good. He said he's jumping out, and his hands are going with him, and now he's got. And there's your check swing, and and uh, so he's just not seeing the ball, and he's not staying back at all. Where he, you know, at least maybe foul some pitches off and fight them off, but he he's he's not anywhere near that. So he's got some issues, and. You know, I don't know what they're going to do. They're, I'm sure they're working on it, but uh, and we need him to get going because he certainly can do damage when he's going good. So we need, we need that to change around. Maybe he can talk to Cabrera or just pay attention. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, he's in Detroit right now. Just watch him, just watch what he does and how he goes about it. But this has been going on for a number of years. So uh, you know, if he ain't watched him by now, he's probably not going to. Uh, your uh, your old third base coach, who of course succeeded you here, seems to be enjoying himself in Detroit. Guardy, uh, did you get to you know, see him when he was no, here before? No, I did not. Uh, but uh, Ron's doing a terrific job with uh, the Tigers. He, uh, from my understanding, is that uh, they're working, they're uh, uh, putting in the effort each day to prepare for the game. Something that. Uh, I think it was common knowledge, knowledge that they pretty much had gotten away from any kind of dis- discipline and, and uh, uh, work uh, to prepare to play a game last year. They were in quite a mess. So uh, he's changed all that uh, culture about the ball club and, and uh, got them working and getting after it pretty good. And he's gotten a decent response. Uh, the pitchers are are trying to be competitive. I know maybe he's a little limited in pitching, but who isn't? Uh, for the most part, most teams are in the same boat, but, uh, you know, he's pitching is probably, you know, could hopefully improve as it goes, but, uh, uh, you know, the green at the end is doing a decent job uh, for him, and uh, he's gotten the shortstop to play. Uh, what's his name? The uh, shortstop over there. He's been around a while. Iglesias, yeah. Yeah, he's was, uh, he was hitting 100 uh, for yeah, a while. Yeah, he was off, but he's gotten some hits now lately, and he's got a couple multiple hit games where he's knocked in some runs that were meaningful as well. So, and get him going because he, he, last year he was uh, an out. You know, he was. Not much. Okay, you became quite the admirer of the NHL hockey playoffs yes, this sir. year. I talked to you a few times. What do you think of Ovechkin? Has anybody ever had more fun winning? Oh, my. <laughs> he, he, boy, I, I can't imagine a goalie have to stand in front of that when he <laughs> fires. He fires from the point over there in that left circle and just fires. I mean, woof. My God. He's but a he, Russian uh, bear, too, man. You know, you watch him play. And he, he, he try. I don't think he's the greatest defensive player, but he tries to play defense and he tries to get in the mix and disrupt things. And, and offensively, oh my, uh, they put on some kind of show when they get that power play. They, that's 
you can almost count on it. I mean, they, they're they're very impressive, and and uh, Vegas uh, might have been a little quicker, but I think the uh, the veteran team might have prevailed uh, in the series there. That was uh, excellent. From they they certainly proved they were the better team. Okay. So yeah, thank, they were pretty good. Thank you, sir. All right, talk Patrick. to you in a couple of weeks. Tom Kelly, yes. Uh, there's Tom Kelly, and he became, every time I talked to him, he was telling me about the hockey playoffs, so he enjoyed it immensely. And now, Joe and Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. One ball and no strikes. Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. There's our guy, Vin Scully, who yeah. had the honor of uh, giving the national uh, telecast for uh, Henry Aaron's uh, record-breaking I think he was just run. doing radio for the Dodgers, oh, right? Because oh, they were playing the oh, Dodgers, that's right? right. Al yeah. Downing caught the ball, right? No, Al Downing threw the pitch. Threw the pitch. Threw yeah. the pitch. Yes, that's right. I, uh, I, I, maybe it wasn't on TV. I do remember, but, but they had to be doing cut-ins and something on NBC or something. Because... Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know that they were going to. He, they started the season in Cincinnati, and he hit a and and he hit he a home tied run. It in Cincinnati, he right? hit a home run, and then uh, they were not going to play him for two days for the next two games there. And Bowie Coon made him play him one game because mm. baseball they worried about that kind of crap back then. But they wanted to they wanted him to do it in Atlanta. For dang good reason. Anyway, the uh, ESPN tonight is back in Atlanta for the game tonight, and they're going to basically turn it into a testimonial to Henry Aaron. He's going to be in the booth with them uh, from the second inning to the uh, fifth or sixth inning, oh, that's apparently. Cool. Uh, the great Henry Aaron. Probably the second greatest ball player of all time behind Willie Mays. Did you have the chance to sit down with Henry at any point? Yes, I did. I told you at the Super Bowl party. That's right. Not Super Bowl, the All-Star, All-Star game, game party. Yes, yes. Out at Bob, uh, what the heck's his name, the uh, accountant guys. Mrs. Ricey had a chance to tell Henry that she used to chase around and get his autograph, and he couldn't have been nicer to her. He laughed, and he was funnier neck. Uh, boxing legend Muhammad Ali once said of Hank Aaron, the only man I idolize more than myself is Henry. <laughs> God, what a great quote. <laughs> Mickey Mantle, as far as I'm concerned, Aaron is the best baseball player of my era. He is to baseball the last 15 years what Joe DiMaggio was before him. He never received the credit he's due. Well, I would argue with that. I think he got a lot of credit. Hit uh, His Hall of Fame plaque says hit 755 home runs in a 23-year career to become Major League All-Time Homer King. Had 20 or more for 20 consecutive seasons and at least 30 in 15 seasons and 40 or more eight times. He also set the record for games played. More games played, 3,298 at-bats, blah, blah, blah. 
paced the NL in batting. He, he was the batting champ twice and the home run champ twice. Mm. Uh, Henry, and uh, my favorite thing about him, I guess, is the nickname that Don Drysdale gave him. Bad Henry. <laughs> He's a bad man, Drysdale said, he, and uh, a few times. Remind me, when did the Braves move from Milwaukee to Atlanta? Sixty-seven, I okay. believe. Okay, they were only. They Is were that the same year Fulton Mil- County opened. They came in Milwaukee Probably, in fi- yeah. no sixty-five, sixty-six. They came to Milwaukee in fifty-three and left in sixty-five. Okay. I think never had a losing season. Their problem was. They got there. They'd been the Boston Braves, and they hadn't been that good, but they were good immediately. Mm-hmm. And then 57 and 58, they were in the World Series. And when they only started winning, you know, 85 games, 85 <laughs> games people stopped going to the game. And uh, But they had a guy named, an owner named Lou Perina, who moved to Atlanta for the TV contract. Okay. Was, you know, he moved down there for the, for the, you know, there wasn't a team in the South. Right, the St. Louis Cardinals were the team of the South back then, the team of Dixie, and he he moved them there for the TV contract. At Milwaukee, got absolutely hosed on that deal. But baseball is, you know, was a, this guy was a he was a Boston guy actually. Perini, he moved, he owned the Boston Braves, and why uh, did they move? Just because there wasn't enough market at that time oh, for two Boston, teams. They were dying in Boston. Okay, yeah, hell, the Red Sox weren't that popular, and the oh, Braves really? were uh, the Braves were terrible. When but, did uh, when did Skip Carey start doing Braves games? Superstation, I think he was. He was. Uh, when did the when did the cable start? When did when did they start doing those? Had to have been mid eighties, right? Yeah. When was Harry doing White Sox games? Because Harry and I were. Out drinking beer one afternoon, watching Cubs games on the scoreboard bar <laughs> out in Bloomington, and that had to be eighty what three something. I don't know. So Skip was probably doing them from the late seventies on, mm. yeah. And then he was doing the Hawks too because he was their superstation guy. So yeah. If you promise to, yes. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you promise to support our loyal sponsors. You have my permission great. to change channels. <laughs> to change stations. Gosh, he was great. Oh, yeah. Big drinking buddy of an old big drinking buddy of mine, Frankie Island, too. Uh, the late, great Frankie Island, who worked with us in St. Cloud for a while. And he loved Skip, man. They all loved Skip. But Skip was, well, remember when the his deal with the Hawks? No, you don't. I mean, you weren't alive. But, mm-hmm. but what was the his Hawks, deal? When they were going to win a game, he'd say, it's the cocktail hour. You know, he'd say, everybody start. When they were Dominique, you know, yep. the cocktail, he started calling it the cocktail hour because they won. So now we could all go drinking. Oh, that's that fantastic. Yeah, skip carry. Anyway, Henry Aaron uh, tonight uh, will be honored on the, uh, will, will be uh, spotlighted at least on the uh, ESPN national telecast. Mr. John Height with a sports update. Thank you, Patrick. This update sponsored by Hotels.com. With Hotels.com, get rewarded from seaside cabins to resorts. Hotels.com's deals come with access to instant savings, too. Hotels.com, you do you and get rewarded. Instant savings available on select properties. Hey, Johnny, did you see what happened on the high school front today? Uh, which, uh, what? Uh, I saw Minnetonka, Wyzetta score 14 <laughs> to 12, and I said, boy, that must be some lousy pitching. Turned out it was lacrosse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know the lacrosse tournament is going on. Yes. Yeah. You must have got that score from the Crouch. Could have knocked me over with a. Uh, <laughs> no, because 
The Crouch actually had what the sport was. I saw later. Ah, but one okay. of our guys just said what the score was, as if we should know what sport it is. <laughs> Lacrosse is popular with the youngsters. I know, but it's yeah. one of the dumbest games ever. And it's <laughs> killing. You can't see the ball. <laughs> it's true. Uh, twins are back at it tonight. Listen, in the only reason they're playing lacrosse <laughs> yes. is because they can't hit a baseball. That's right. They're a bunch of wussies Preach. who oh, hit 150. Golly. They can't hit a baseball. Baseball has too much failure for the modern. And in lacrosse, you can run around and know it. Oh, you played great, son, uh, even if you never touched the ball. <laughs> no, you're 100% ready. Yeah, I know. It's yes. Soccer. Why do you think soccer is so popular? You know, you can. the kid can go. You can have two kids from Liberia. Who have the ball the whole time, and you got a bunch of stumble bum white kids who are out there, and when the game's <laughs> over, the parents say, "Oh, you were great! Here's the juice box. You were fantastic." In baseball, you can't hide from your ineptitude. Do you realize to the Adrian Heath show <laughs> coming right up? Yes. Well, maybe scratch that from my update. Oh, I'm just talking about. High school. I understand. Do you know you got two rants in there in one lacrosse and soccer? <laughs> well, two no, one. I'm at it's a parent rant. Yeah, well, they don't want true. their kid okay. to play baseball because they don't want to get the car ride home and not tell him you struck out how many four or four times. <laughs> <laughs> Twins playing the I was a part tonight. of a lot of those car rides just, as a kid. Just my opinion, man. How many times did you strike out, dummy? Yeah, it was only four today, Dad. <laughs> What's fun is when the pitcher loses control and uh, you can taunt mm. him as a parent. You can taunt him from the sidelines. Kenny, nice, nice pitch, punk. Kenny, I was I stopped at the Wyndham Ballpark for old times' sake on uh, Saturday. That's where Eddie Maris and Roger Stempfley both Love hit this. it in the Des Moines River off me. <laughs> and they took me out of the game. Put in Charlie Bright. He walked five guys in a row, and I had to come back in. And taunting was legal back yes. then. Yes, and they were they were basically lighting up cigarettes and joy to see my fat ass on the mound again. When you came, yeah. did you come in from the dugout or from like Third the outfield? Base. Just walked right over. Did didn't they give even me the warm up pitch? Just, just started hitting. Did noise. they give me the left, right, <laughs> no, left? No, right. no, they said he's back. <laughs> you know uh, yeah. that's very important when you're younger. Uh, Chris knows this story already. When I played ball, oh, I, I love this story. Played Legion ball, and uh, I was not the fleetest of foot. Let's put it that way. I was a slow. Yeah. Kid, right. So I hit a ball in the hole at shortstop. Yes. A kid from Grand Forks still remembers the name, Rod Bachmeyer, mm -hmm. backhands it in left field, basically. Throws me out by two feet. My third base coach, who's the coach of the team, yells across the field, Hey, he ran farther than you did on that one. <laughs> it all prepared us for a career in radio. Absolutely. You suck, Olsen. I learned my lesson watching... My brother Michael pitched for the Folder Raiders. Everybody in town called him Rag Arm, so his nickname became Rag, right? Oh, and there was this big moose from Laverne named George McKay, fantastic athlete. I'm watching my brother play at the Folder Ballpark. This guy hits one in the light towers, and all my brother did was laugh his ass off. <laughs> <laughs> he was proud that he could serve oh, one up. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to give one up, give one up like that. Rag Arm. <laughs> Everybody in Folder called him. 
red rag. <laughs> well, the Twins are in Detroit. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. They've also re-signed Matt Belisle. Yes. Uh, let's see, one other bit of Speaking Twins news. Speaking of rag arm. By- <laughs> Byron Buxton did make the trip with the team, but this afternoon manager Molitor said he's uh, probably going to have a rehab stint in his future. Uh, speaking of rehab, Joe Mauer led How'd off that today. that work out last time? He, <laughs> Joe Maurer led off for Rochester today, DH'd. <laughs> Uh, he was 0 for 3 with a strikeout. Tomorrow, ready. he'll play for space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, did you sure see our number one draft choice the other day for Oregon State? What did he do? Ninth inning, tie game, bases loaded, strikes out. He's ready. Yeah. I saw your tweet. <laughs> I Bring him up tweet. now. Eighth inning, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Royce, you are on fire this segment, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some things that got me irritated. Uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell will be back in the Twin Cities Friday for oh, a goody. grand opening of the TCO Speaking Performance of Center. Jackasses. <laughs> Speaking uh, of failure, the uh, official ribbon cutting ceremony is not open to the public. Though. Oh, it's so uh, precious. So uh, Roger will be there along with Governor Mark Dayton. What is this facility? The, the, uh, the TCO. where they've been practicing for two months. Practice thing they built yeah. out at Northwest Airlines, which I drove upon the other day. Scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Know where it came from. Lights oh, were too bright. That's where it is. Yeah, uh, they will do that Friday. So he'll be in town along with uh, Ziggy and Mark and Leonard Wilf. Yeah, and the commissioner's got to make himself. Mm-hmm. Got to make himself else. seen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, uh, all right, Johnny. Thanks. Yeah. That was a very good segment. <laughs> <laughs> this is traffic and weather. Let's check traffic now. The ride with Roycey. This is forecast traffic and weather together. Northbound 100 has forsaken the. This report sponsored by Indeed. It's 20 minutes for the uh, downtrodden and sinners on Northbound 100, 494 up to 394, but things improve vastly there. Only 10 minutes more up to 694. If you're eastbound and down on 94, you're going to back it down right around Century 120. Uh, over there in Maplewood and ride the brakes out to Woodbury Drive. And that's probably contributing to the slowdown I'm seeing eastbound 694. Although it is getting better, uh, you'll be on the brakes on eastbound 694 before you get to 10th Street. Are you hiring? With Indeed, you can post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates in an online dashboard. Get started at Indeed.com slash hire. My God, I sound great today. You're welcome. Johnny Pie McKenzie uh, died at uh, yesterday at age 80. A famous member of the uh, Boston Bruins uh, powerhouse teams. Broke into the National Hockey League in 1958. And 19 seasons later, he played 40 games for the St. Paul Saints in the WHA. How old was he at that he time? He was about 39 then. Okay. I think he was 39. Wow. And uh, and in 1970, and he turned 40 in December. He played 40 games. That was the second version of the Fighting Saints, and they only lasted 42 games. They folded, and that was the end of the WHA. Was that Brucey? Was he on that team? No, Brucey was earlier. Oh, he was on the early Brucey team. Brucey was earlier. Okay. But John, John McKenzie, they... The, the 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 first team folded halfway through the 75-76 season and Nick Belletti who owned I think he also owned the basketball team owned the hockey the Cleveland Crusaders and WHA and moved them here okay and they lasted 42 games that was so great when he told you I think it was at the fair right we didn't we have Bruce on and out, yeah. out at the state fair and he said yeah we all just as soon as we got our checks yeah, so we ran, ran to the ran bank <laughs> <laughs> and same with the employees same with yeah. you know, all the guys Dave Ferroni Mike 
<laughs> Mike Lamy, all those guys, they just burst to the bank at about the first eight guys through the door and get paid. <laughs> is it Nick Nurse or is it Nurse or something? Is it's it Nick just Nurse. Nick Nurse? Nick mm-hmm. Nurse is the new coach of the Toronto Raptors. Who? They went the cheap route. Uh, Dwayne He's... Casey went and got a nice contract. Uh, this guy had been the an assistant oh. uh, with... Uh, yep. With uh, Toronto like Raptors, like the last five years, I think he was a D leaguer. Won won uh, some division titles in the D league. He uh, he uh, was uh, assistant coach at Iowa State when McDermott left, and uh, Nurse uh, Nurse did not get the job there. But uh, Nick Nurse uh, apparently they wanted a different voice. So yeah, what a. This guy was just an assistant. He was an assistant coach. They also, went the cheap route, the way it sounds. Did Did you did see? Did they owe uh, Dwayne money? I think I, he had like a year or two uh, left. Two okay. He had oh, time yeah. left. He gets that and this too, right? He I believe have to so. Give it up. Yeah, sure. he got a five year okay. deal with the Pistons. Um, did you see uh, Stackhouse Jerry Stackhouse where he went? He was he was coaching the Raptors yeah. G League team. Yeah, he's uh, headed to Memphis to coach under uh, JB. Oh really? He's going to be one of JB's I assistants. I saw someone else. Uh, they hired a guy from. They hired a Ferner, a, a, a Slovakian or a Slovenian or somebody yeah. from the Nets or the Knicks or one of them. They hired another so. assistant. This is why I bring up Stackhouse, though, because he was talked about as a candidate to be the Raptors. I swear to God, job. when you brought up Jerry Stackhouse, I thought you were about to tell me where he's going to play next year. <laughs> Cause, well, because Vince Carter's still in the league, I just right. thought there's no way yeah. he's still playing. I think Vince is. I think Vince is coming back for another year. Oh, God bless him. I think uh, the 1987 Washington Redskins replacement team, we call them, or scabs if you're a Union guy like I was all those years. Uh, they have decided to give them Super Bowl rings. The members of those that team, they played three games. Well, thank and, God uh, they finally got around to it. Them thirty years later. Uh, I don't think if the if the uh, Vikings had uh, won the Super Bowl that year, that they'd give the fellas the wing ring since they, they were 0-3. And, and they were pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Did any of the guys from the replacement ever stick around or make it onto a team from the Vikings? The, the punter was Buck, Bucky, uh, was Bucky. Oh, I think you're right. I think Bucky was the, Bucky the scrub been, punter. Yeah. See our old friend Annie Ball Sanchez uh, was pitching yes. Saturday night. He got robbed. Against the Dodgers. He had over $100,000 worth of items stolen from his hotel room Saturday night while he was on the mound. How much jewelry does the man take with him? Burglars broke into Sanchez's hotel room while he was pitching. They stole jewelry and four watches, among other things. Sources told TMZ that some of the items was over 100000 There were reportedly no signs of forced entry. Okay, then. There were some people that suspect that this might not be a true story being reported, that yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, what the heck. Hey, Doug Peterson. I love that guy, by the way. He says he wants no more dog masks because they're no longer underdogs. They are the hunted. Yeah, you're the, yeah, you're the Super Bowl the champion. Hunter, they're the Super Bowl champions, and let's act like it and know they're coming after us, and we're the favorites, basically, is what he's saying. So I'm all in favor of that. 
So Andrew Sandejo has not been practicing at all, right? There's something wrong with him, and they won't really tell us what it is. What 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 injuries? Well, he had, had a uh, was it a knee injury last the year? Because he missed year? a couple of games. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize. I mentioned this to Manny today. I was reading a story today. The only other options they have at safety right now are Anthony Harris and J. Uh, Ron Curse. They didn't go out and get anybody. Well, can't they play Newman? Why didn't Newman? they get a safety? Well, that's the thing. They've been practicing Newman. Okay. But he's 40. How many? You can't expect him to run up and tackle people like Sendejo did. He's still pretty sick. They're going to be relying on him to keep up and chase people. Guess <laughs> what, Harrison Smith? You're playing both safety positions. <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, maybe Mike Hughes can be turned into a safety. I don't know, but they got to uh, they got to uh, they got to get that taken. I tell care you of. what, you know what they should do? In all honesty, put Mackenzie Alexander at safety because he can't obviously play cornerback. That's yeah, a- they could do that. I don't know. Can he tackle anybody? Don't know. He's never, He's never in position to tackle anybody. <laughs> First day of the uh, mini camp today. Mike Rammer's right guard and uh, Rashad Hill right tackle. That's it. That's the strategy. All Thank right. God we addressed uh, that offensive Riley line Reef, in the draft. Easton. Rammer, oh, what was? Uh, oh, because uh, uh, F line's not practicing. Elf line's not practicing. So they had Danny Isadora, Easton. Remmers and Hill. Well, why you got Easton practicing at center when he's not going to be playing center because the other guy's coming back? Well, I think th- when he when he was traded here from San Francisco, he was a center. He was a center. And I know convert- that, but he should be practicing at left guard. Well, That's who else are you going to put there at center? Well, you got to have somebody out there who can snap the ball between Take Joe legs. Berger off the street and yeah, put him no, in there. There's got to be some other center around there. Hey, there's a new a collegiate league out in the, in the Great Plains. Wyoming... Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. The Expedition League. You think they want to sell some T-shirts? The Badlands Badlands Big Sticks are located in Dickinson, North Dakota. Aberdeen. For 100 years, they had pro ball. They were the pheasants. What more would you want, right? Mm -hmm. Nope. They're now the Hub City Hotshots. The Pierre Trappers. uh, Pierre Trappers, the the capital. That's fine because that's, you know... The, the guy Pierre was a trapper. Uh, Minot, they're the Surus Valley Saber Dogs. Uh, Casper, mm. Wyoming, the Casper Horseheads. <laughs> Hastings, Nebraska, the Hastings Sodbusters. Uh, Spearfish, South Dakota, you're in the Black Hills, right? Yep. They're the Spearfish Sasquatch. I don't. Uh, uh, yeah. And Western Nebraska. Gearing, Nebraska. I never heard of Gearing, Nebraska. They're the pioneers. They're the only ones with a decent name in the whole day. I like the Sodbusters. That one's all right. Sodbusters is okay, I guess. All right, we'll be back. On the ride with Boise, let's hear the boys' daily complaint. What do you got, man? My daily complaint is with uh, Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers. The Warriors had their yes. parade today, and it got a little bit awkward. I heard you tell Kevin Durant he can have whatever contract he wants next year. Yeah, that was just for the media. He can't have anything. <laughs> mid-level. Yeah, mid-level. Because I think cool. last year he told Steph he could have any contract he wants, too. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that was different. He, well, he's, he's been here from the run, you know, the way before days. He's earned it. <laughs> That's uh, Kevin Durant. MVP two years in a row. The Warriors cohesion. Right? Right? Playoffs. Yeah, he, he was, was the, the uh, MVP, Finals MVP, MVP two years in a yeah, row. So I think he was joking, but it just—I yeah, don't think yeah, the joke went over very well. So hey, yeah, what do you got there, Reavers? Uh, very simple. 
all of you dummies posting about this stupid raccoon on social media that think it's a cute, <laughs> fluffy animal. You're morons. They're, they, they are the vermin they of society. They, don't, they ruin your gardens, too. I spend all that time in the garden. They come out and ruin the garden, too. What's your daily complaint? My daily complaint is uh, you got guys got me fired up about uh, all the parents <laughs> who don't let their kids play the grand old game. Or whose kids come home and says, I don't want to play baseball, it's too boring, that don't call out those little brats as liars and point out <laughs> that the reason they don't want to play is they don't want to be right out there in front of everybody playing the hardest game in the world and failing at it. They're underachievers, and call them out on it. Don't let them get away with it. If he strikes out four times, don't let him tell you baseball's boring. He's boring. <laughs> Are you here by circle? Tomorrow, it'll be great. It'll be upbeat, Tell just like today. Try <laughs> to slip away somehow.